Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Patty Framo joining me today. Today is Monday, July the 30th, 2018, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, your second daily dose of happy for the day. And Patty, along with Linda Armstrong, who joined us on Friday for the first time, is also joining us as a brand new participant, a new co-host here on LOA Today. She's going to be uh, sitting in with me every Monday afternoon, 4 Eastern, 1 Pacific Time, to discuss the law of attraction with her unique perspective. And, and we were just talking about patty first of all welcome to the podcast and second of all we were just talk we were just talking about how perspectives are everything and how the perspectives of all the the life coaches who are my co-hosts are so different it makes life really really interesting and and like you're pointing out it can actually be a little challenging like you have to be ready to go with whatever the direction is each time but I'm, i'm loving it i have a good time it's really true i mean it's amazing to me how many different ways people approach law of attraction because when oh, yeah. i first you know thought about going into law of attraction as a coach as i was saying before as i was thinking like oh my gosh i have nothing to offer because it's all the same thing but it's shocking to me just how different people's perspectives are on the same exact topic isn't it amazing it is. And, it and we is. have, of course, like the gurus. We have, you know, like Abraham Hicks, they're probably like the number one guru. And then there's, you know, Rhonda mm-hmm. Byrne and there's Mike Dooley and Jack Canfield and, you know, all of the, the big names in, in the industry. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of overlap in their views, but even there, there are some differences. But then you get the people who decide who they're going to follow and who they're they're basing their own stuff on or or maybe whatever coaching school they went to because there are different coaching mm-hmm. schools out there. And all exactly. those perspectives start to get very, very different. And after a while, you get to the point where, geez, are we talking about the same subject? <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and it's funny because I, um, I kind of, you know, for the longest time was sort of searching and searching and searching for years throughout my life, like what religious belief and nothing was res- resonating with mm. me because I'm not very religious and what spiritual belief and once i heard abraham hicks i never went back i mean yeah. for me it was like it felt right in my bones you yeah, know oh, me too exactly yeah in fact i didn't find out about abraham hicks until well after finding about out about the secret i had heard yeah. rumors that there was this earlier version of the secret i only found a copy of that earlier version within the last year or so but i'd only heard rumors about it and then uh, a few years later, I heard, oh, well, the person who was actually cut out was somebody named Esther Hicks. I said, who's that? You know, mm-hmm. it, it was just one of those <laughs> things. I, I've only actually known about Abraham Hicks for maybe four or five years now. And yeah, I, knew, so- I, I found out about the secret like a year or two after it came out. So, I mean, there was a huge yeah. gap in there. Yep. I also started right around the secret time. For some reason, it just opened. I don't know if I was at the point where I was ready to hear about this. I mean, it had to be that because mm-hmm. all of a sudden things opened up for me and I was like, wow, that's like such an interesting perspective. Mm. But I felt such a, you know, desire to go deeper and deeper and deeper into it. I was so curious. I just felt like I couldn't get enough of it. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't even remember how I ended up in, with Abraham Hicks. It just was one of those things that kind of evolved. But once I started hearing it, I was like, oh my gosh, I want to listen to this every single day. And I want to hear all about how you can do it on so many levels. And how do I use it? And how does this work? And what? Because, you know, when you first listen to it, it sounds a little odd because it's a different language. A little? A little? Yeah. <laughs> it sounds okay, extremely really odd. odd. I, I, I agree with you. I resonated totally with it. But some of the stuff they were saying, 
well, I knew it was odd because I'd been saying so much stuff for years, and I knew that the reaction I always got was, well, that's pretty weird. So yeah, I w- it was yeah. right in alignment with that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I remember early on when Esther was um, channeling Abraham, she her voice was all strange. Oh, I, I know. Mean, I've heard those early accent. recordings. Oh, my God. And it sounds like, like she was like a science fiction writer or something. I don't know what it was. It's true. It's yeah. true. It was just so strange. And over the years, it's interesting to hear how he, her voice and her accent has evolved to be mm. kind of more normal sound. Right, right. I don't know how that all worked, but, um, you know, and learning about law of attraction stuff is so fascinating. Mm. And then seeing it happen in your life is like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, it's seriously shocking to me. It's just fun, though. Bizarrely, it's fun. And it's bizarrely effective. It is. Bizarrely it effective. Really is. I like that. That's a nice. We're going to have to bottle that. Bizarrely effective. <laughs> That's really it's good. It's true. It's true. I'm going to have to put that with the one that I came up with over, um, I think it was, I came up with it on Friday with Linda. I said uh, something to the effect that this kind of thing, doing this podcast, is so addictive that there ought to be a warning label against it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that. that was really cute. <laughs> it's true. And there is something about listening to it and talking about it that's mm. like, oh, my gosh, it just makes you feel so good. Mm, it does. And I find myself every single morning turning on Abraham and just listening to him mm-hmm. just because it just sets my brain in the right place somehow. You it's know? funny, too, because Abraham's somebody, because of the way Esther voices Abraham, it's somebody who you can either resonate with or can actually rub you the wrong way. Like, my wife doesn't like listening to Abraham. We, she likes reading oh, it. Wow. Reading it is okay, but the Esther's voice drives her nuts. She oh, just, wow. That's so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I love her voice. There's just something about it that I just find very soothing. And actually, I'm kind of the opposite of your wife. It's interesting because we were talking, remember, we were talking last time we had our conversation about asking it is given that book, which right. I love. And I love all the processes and exercises in the back. I've used so many of them. Right. But I never really read the book. I kind of just skipped. Really? And I don't know. What it, yeah. I just sort of breezed through it. I read a couple little things here and there and just kind of skipped to the end. But that's not unusual. I tend to like to skip to the end. See, you haven't lived until you have mincemeated the book like we did. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I need to I need to take another go at it. Somehow well, I just skipped that part. It's, it's true of all their books, but I have found it to be especially true of Asking It Is Given, which is that when you read it once, it on the surface – it sounds like they're just saying the same thing over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. But when you read it really carefully, you find nuances that you didn't even know existed the first time through. Yeah, absolutely. And isn't that true also of any time you listen to anything or hear about anything? I mean, I found that I've listened to, well, I mean, early on, I listened to the Law of Attraction. They had all those CD sets, that huge set of CDs. Oh, you heard the whole and set? I- wow. Oh, I think I listened to it like 25 times <laughs> because when I first listened to it, I didn't even know that anything else beyond that existed. I never went on their website. I never realized there was workshops or travel opportunities or anything like that. But I was so hungry to learn it. I just listened to it over and over and over and over again. Mm, yeah. But it's funny how every you're exactly what you're saying. Every time you listen to it, you're like, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe what I'm hearing. It sounds like a whole different bunch of information because the first time around somehow you weren't ready to hear it so people of course who are listening are saying okay this patty framel sounds interesting but who the heck is she so patty who the heck are you (laughs) (laughs) well i'm i'm a life coach and i'm also actually a licensed clinical social worker i've worked for a number of years in different types of social work i'm i actually also work as a hospice social worker in the Mm. hospital and um 
you know, but life coaching is the thing that just makes me really excited because mm. there's something so cool about helping somebody to, and I actually pretty much use most of my um, approaches, a lot of law of attraction techniques and strategies, and just to change people's mindset and their energy. And it's just the coolest thing to watch somebody go from being in a really low place or a really struggling place to figuring it out and getting to this place where they're like, wow, they feel like they've got control over where their life is headed and over how they're feeling. Mm. And then they start to see those things evolving in their life. So, um, you know, I mean, I've, I've come actually from sort of a strange background. I've done all kinds of businesses and run stores and I was a photographer and I've done all kinds of stuff. But the thing that really resonates with me the most is, is the coaching. Uh, and I actually, interestingly enough, use a little bit of kind of a therapy-ish approach mixed in with it because I am a, a trained therapist as well. Well, that, that raises an interesting question because Joel Elston, who does the Thursday morning podcast with me, is also a psychotherapist. He's licensed in Virginia. And he, the way he explained it to me was if I were trying to do, if I literally tried to do both at the same time, it would probably be malpractice. So I had to kind of make a decision. Which way did I want yeah. to go? Did I want to be a therapist yeah. or did I want to be a coach? And he decided mm -hmm. he wanted to be a coach. So he, he now builds himself as a law of attraction coach, even though he does have the therapeutic background. I'm not even yeah, sure if he yeah. maintains his license. He may. I, I really don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, I really feel like it helps to have that background as well, because it really gives you a full picture of what's going on with the person. Mm -hmm. um, it allows you to look at things from all perspectives. And if you need to bring in some of those skills, um, I mean, I believe as, you know, Abraham kind of preaches a little bit or, or, or I don't know, that's the wrong word, maybe asserts is that looking forward is always being where you're at and looking forward is always the better way to go. However, I've also heard them say, if something comes up again and again and again and again, you kind of got to deal with that thing, get past it and then move forward again. And that is the piece where I find that the therapy part kind of is helpful. And it's not even so much, I mean, I'm really also following being a life coach as opposed to a therapist, just because it, it, it offers a much more open opportunity to do so many different types of things. Whereas with therapy, I feel like it's much more uh, kind of more narrow and it has stricter rules about what you can and can't do. Mm -hmm. now, before so we got going here, um, we were talking and you told me that, that you're in Oregon and I actually lived in Oregon for about nine months back in the 1980s. And what, I, I got to ask you if you've had this experience because you're not native to Oregon, are you? I actually am just here for the weekend visiting my daughters. Oh, you're just I there. Okay. In, I live in San Diego. You County. live in San Diego. Okay, right. So I'm yeah. curious to know if you run into the same thing that I ran into. Because when I was there, of course, I, I'm from the East Coast. And mm -hmm. I have, if there is such a thing, I think there probably is. I have an East Coast accent. And I talk mm -hmm. at the rate of, of a typical East Coaster, except for somebody from like New York City or Boston, perhaps, who talks really uh -huh, fast. Uh -huh. when, I yeah, moved out I, to, when I moved to Oregon, the people couldn't understand what I said. Yeah, I had yeah. to learn to talk at this speed for them to understand oh, me. Drives me crazy. Did, I know. Have you run into that? Yeah, I mean, I'm originally from Philadelphia, so am I talking super fast to you? Does it sound like I'm talking to me? Fast? It sounds normal to somebody from Medford. They may not have any <laughs> idea what we're talking about. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So it's definitely a different cadence to people's speech. I agree with you. Back yeah. east is totally a fa unless you're from the south. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Northeast anyway is very like boom, 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 really quick pace. And you're right in Oregon. And maybe because I've lived in San Diego, you know, for so many years, I've generally tend to slow myself down depending mm -hmm. on what the circumstances are. 
but gosh, once I get excited about it, <laughs> like about, I forget it. I'm, I'm a goner. It's like, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. I totally agree with you. Yeah. I hear you. It, it, it was but, something though. I, I did finally learn to slow down and it did serve me to do that. Um, mm -hmm. when I came back, I noticed the difference when I came back East. Um, I noticed just how much faster everybody talks here than the way they talk on the West Coast. And I mm -hmm. also learned, I, I used to be, you, I still mumble a little bit, but not like I used to. I used to be a really big mumbler. And, Interesting. you know, so actually learning to talk slower also kind of trained me to form my words <laughs> with the way they should be formed, right? Well, that's true. That's true. Be impeccable with your words. Yep. Well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not impeccable. I'm, I'm somewhat impeccable. <laughs> <laughs> well it's absolutely gorgeous up in here in oregon i just actually um went with my daughters yesterday on this really long hike mm. and my younger daughter has a drone oh. and we got to try it out so she was taking photos of from us from way way oh, above. Fun. Really cool. yeah it was really cool that is great yeah and and so uh, the, the area so you're I, in, gonna... I actually know that area fairly well so yeah it's very beautiful are you near the coast are you right on the coast well, my daughter lives in Salem mm -hmm. and um, I, the hike that we took was right near the coast. It was, it was okay. near Pacific city, I believe it's called. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That coastline mm -hmm. is gorgeous. That's why I was mentioning it. Cause I, it's I do remember absolutely it. beautiful. Yeah. And talk about getting into the vortex. I mean, there's just something about being out in the wilderness, especially mm -hmm. out in the trees where you're far away from everything. I don't know about you, but for me, being outside is one of the ways that it really makes me lined up. Feel oh, really absolutely. Happy. Well, all my listeners can tell you that because I frequently talk about my, my nature walks. I, I walk as often as I possibly can. And I do it exactly for the reason you described, just to get into that better feeling place. Because it works mm -hmm. for me every single time now. Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. It's really important. So what are, what are the main things that help you to get lined up and get into the vortex other than that? Well, that's my big one right there. In fact, my favorite thing to do is that combined with uh, p carrying uh, my iPhone with some headphones and playing my positive music list. And mm -hmm. if I do those two things together, it's a guarantee within no longer than 30 minutes. And usually within 15 minutes, I have this goofy grin on my face. Mm -hmm. And most of, the time, <laughs> most of the time, I don't even know it's there. Mm -hmm. I, I find out when I pass up, we have one of these rails to trails walking paths coming near our house. And that's where I usually do my walking. And inevitably, there's somebody who will come the other direction. They'll give me a big grin and a high and so forth. And I'm thinking, why are they looking at me? Oh, I must be grinning again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's really true. Being out in nature is a really cool way. It is. And uh, I've also been trying to work on, well, I shouldn't say work on, trying to play with uh, <laughs> meditating more in mm. the morning. That's one of the things that it seems like over the years, Abraham's kind of evolved into really promoting meditation and quieting your mind. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, that active mind of mine, it's a, it's a struggle. It's a constant struggle. And when I can actually get into that place where I'm totally relaxed and really zen and really get that buzzy feeling almost, mm -hmm. I feel like for me, that's helped to clarify when I know I'm really connected to my inner being and when I can really listen to the things that are coming, the thoughts that are coming into my mind and know that they're coming from that. Very nice. As opposed to that, as opposed to that active brain. Yeah. Well, actually, I, I've had enough conversations about meditation um, with my other co-hosts that I have expanded my understanding of what meditation is. If if we had mm -hmm. stuck with, say, what my original comprehension of it meant, um, 
I would never have done it because I don't like lotus position. But <laughs> <laughs> or walking on hot coals. I, I'm not or... <laughs> even sure that my knees could handle lotus position anymore, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, and hot coals have never been I my thing. I can relate to that. When, now, Wendy's <laughs> done the, the hot coals thing, I think she said three or four times. But Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I have never done the hot coals. Well, she was a big Tony Robbins fa follower as well. Oh, yeah, that yeah. would do it. Yeah, so so she's done quite a few of those, but uh, no, that was never really of interest to me. Um, I kind of like my feet the way they are. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. That that really doesn't appeal to me at all. Yeah, but you know, if someone else can do it, go for it. Oh, sure, it. yeah. And she says she's gotten a lot out of it. We actually did a podcast about it. I think oh, a week a week or two ago, something like that. And she gave us a very long description of all the stuff that she went through uh, preparing to do wow. those walks. Yeah. That's crazy. Very interesting that's, stuff. That's really crazy. So I've used all different kinds of meditative um, tools and apps and all different kinds of things. But, you know, the bottom line for me is if it's if I if my brain's going, boy, it is a challenge. It really is a challenge. And you're right. Getting out into nature is the thing that seems to I like work that one best. the best. Yeah, I really enjoy mm -hmm. that. I have to say that because I've expanded my definition, my understanding, so to speak, of what meditation is. I now can say that I actively do meditate and have meditated all of my life. I just didn't call it that because my mm -hmm. form of meditation apparently has a name. I didn't know it did, but my form of meditation is walking meditation. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I had never heard of that before, but that's what I do. I, and I do it mainly to calm my mind when I am upset about something or when I find myself in a, uh, you know, an out of aligned place. And I'm just feeling that you, you use jittery. I'll use jittery as, as a way of describing. It. I feel that jittery, uncomfortable feeling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I know I have to just shake off some energy. Now, I never really thought about it that as getting into alignment, but ultimately I think that's what I'm doing. So I will get up I and I will I pace. I will pace up and down. In fact, my wife uh, likes to tease me that our next house has to have a really, really long hallway in it so I can pace up and down <laughs> that hallway. Go up and down, up and down, up that's and down. That's right, yeah. Yeah, but that action, funny. that action of pacing actively, it, it, that, that's how I actively release unwanted energy. Yeah, I could see that. It's almost kinesthetic. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember way back in the day when we used to have uh, phones with cords attached to the wall. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, uh, <laughs> that's a while Back in ago. the dark age. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Back in the dark ages. And I had this really long cord, those Quirly ones that would always get tangled up and stuff. And I remember being on the phone and just pacing up and down the hall. Because <laughs> there's just something about when you're thinking or talking, it just helps to do the pacing. You're right. It does. It it's very calming. If I do yeah. it enough and, and I, I never realized, I never did this consciously. It's only in the last year or so that I realized I did it at all. But when I do my pacing, I shake my hands, like shaking oh. it out. Interesting. And, and again, not conscious. I just like, oh, I got to get this energy off. <laughs> yeah. It's like this energetic buzz buildup yeah. that's happening in your body. You got to get it out. Got to get it out. Yeah. So, yeah, I totally get that. That's so now, now I can honestly say, yes, I am a, a meditator. Just never on schedule and never on demand. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, you know, whatever works. You yeah. know, I'm a true believer in whatever works for someone. That's what you go with. Yep. Well, that's different what's things happening. Resonate with so, people, yeah. Yeah. So, so you discovered uh, Law of Attraction with The Secret back when The Secret came out. Yeah, I think that was the beginning. You know, it's funny. I can't really remember the path exactly. <laughs> but somehow I ended up with it. Um, I do remember reading Marianne Williamson's A Return to Love, which was, you know, mm. a really old book, but an oldie book goodie. 
Um, and that kind of, op- I think that was after the secret and it sort of started opening my eyes a little bit more. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure I remember my roommate in college, I went to Penn state like a million years ago. <laughs> and I remember my re- <laughs> I remember my roommate in college, she used to listen to Wayne Dyer and I thought she was so weird. Yeah. I thought, Wayne, like, this guy is so strange. Like, what is she talking about? She's all airy fairy and thinks that you can like, you know, control your life through your thoughts. And I thought it was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever heard in my life. <laughs> and somehow it came around to where my mind just opened up to it. And the thing about um, Abraham is once I heard that, I mean, I got so excited about it and started using it. That It's when I was coaching years ago. Um running groups. I was running groups for women in transition and women going through divorce and business owners and all that. Cause I tend to focus on people that are struggling with transitions or in relationship challenges. Mm-hmm. And, um, I remember, uh, uh, at, in these groups, running these groups, finding that using this in the groups was so amazingly effective. Mm. And, when I, uh, but I didn't know more about it other than, you know, when I was listening to that law of attraction, those CDs over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So at some point I had heard from somebody, I think I told you the story. I'd heard from somebody that Esther and Jerry lived in Del Mar mm. or the one of their houses was, and I'd never, um, and I heard that they went to this restaurant that was on Carmel Valley road. That was, that was kind of near Del Mar, which was probably about 10 minutes from my house. Oh. And I got super excited about it. And I was like, I am going to go to this place and I am going to meet them and they're going to be there. I'm going to talk to them. And I had no clue of anything. I'd never even been on their website. I had no clue about any other workshops or anything. And I showed up at that restaurant and they were sitting there at that restaurant. <laughs> That's great. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. I was, it was like one of the most exciting times of my whole life. And um, I ran into, and when I started talking to Jerry and Esther, they were just the sweetest people in the world. And Jerry said it was right when, uh, into the vortex, that meditation book and CD, CD series right, had come yeah. out. And Jerry said, well, I knew there was a reason why I brought that because I'm going to go out and I'm going to get that for you. I know. Is that like so typical That's Abraham? That's classic. So he, and, and Esther said to me, why don't you come? It just happened that of course, that Saturday in San Diego is when they were going to be having their workshop. Oh. And she said, why don't you just email Barbara and I will get you a ticket. And I was great. Like, great. <laughs> and Jerry went out to the car and came back and brought me one of the signed books. And it was like, it's now of course, one of my prized possessions. Of course. Yeah. Probably. And the funny, and you know, it's the funny thing about that is, you know, when you really want something and if you think it can't happen, it's not going to happen of course, because you're right. doubting it. Right. Throwing all that on the trail. But I had absolutely no doubt. It was like, for some reason, it just made perfect sense to me. And they were there and it, it happened. It was one of the coolest experiences. It really was. Yeah, but it really was very crazy. validating, yeah. you know, like this stuff really works. Well, yeah. I mean, if, if you put it in your mind that you want to go to a restaurant because you're hoping that Jerry and Esther Hicks are going to be at the restaurant at that moment, you show up, they're actually there. They give you tickets to their upcoming uh, workshop that's coming up that weekend, which is perfectly timed for when you were doing this, despite the fact that you didn't know that there was a workshop. And on top of that, you also got a book out of them signed by Jerry. Yeah, yeah there's a little yeah. serendipity going on there. It, it's bizarrely effective. It really is. It, it was just kind of freaky. But it was sort of the beginning of me feeling more solid, like, gosh, this stuff is really real. <laughs> 
And it's amazing how many times, I mean, I'm sure you've had many experiences in your life where you've had it shown to you just how valid the whole thing is. And, and for me, the, the story I always, not, not particular story, but the, the general theme that I always say is, it isn't just that it happens. It's the way it happens that blows mm-hmm. me away. Because inevitably, I will try to predict how it's going to happen, and I will always be wrong. Every, yeah. every time. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, I have a perfect well, zero, zero, zero batting average. <laughs> <laughs> Is it because you're trying to figure out the how? Yeah, of course. To, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And that's, to me, one of the most freeing things about the whole um, belief system mm. is that you can just focus what you want, get clear on what you want, get really excited about it, put yourself in that feeling state as if you're already there, and you don't even have to worry about how to make it happen. Mm. I mean, it's just crazy how the universe just figures it all out, like in a way that I never would have been able to do. Which is why I my goal now is never I, I don't do a whole lot of deliberate trying to attract things. I mean I do. There are certain things that I'm trying to attract that I want to attract into my life, but mostly what I'm trying to attract, so to speak, is just the feeling good component. Because, yes. Because I know if I can get into that that high flying state, that you know, in aligned with high vibration state, that everything else happens there. So that's it all does. I want. I just want to be there as much as I can possibly be there. That's my goal. That's yeah. what I'm trying to attract. I'm trying to attract well, that the, really happy it's life. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the bottom line is you could get something that you're asking for and it really doesn't make you happy. There's that too, yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's kind of cool just having that happiness state be your goal. Well, it's one of the reasons that, I do the podcast, actually. I mean, yeah. I was telling you before we got going here, I, I'd had kind of a rough day. Things had not gone really well with um, mm-hmm. the, the gardening services business that I helped Louise run. In fact, it had mm-hmm. been a pretty, pretty bad day. And we were both talking about how doing the podcast, I'll pick you right up. Well, I'm feeling it already. We're 25 minutes into it, and I'm I'm up at the top scale right now. That's so cool. <laughs> it's like, Good zoom. Well, well, I'm really excited to hear if that actually does affect your result in the end, in this circumstance. That'll be I'm really I'm going to be curious to see how it plays out, too. I mean, I do count on the podcast every day, doing it twice a day. I do mm-hmm. count on it uh, as, as two of my ways, because there's a morning one and an afternoon podcast two different ways that I pick myself up during the day or keep myself high, whichever it is. And mm-hmm. I've really counted on it and it works. It's consistent for me every time. And for me, the best part is that uh, we've got a whole bunch of listeners who come along for the ride, which is, I mean, that, that's that something I really hoped cool. for. I mean, I, yeah. when, I, when I first started this, Louise and I started this on our 13th wedding anniversary back in September, 2012. Aww. And yeah. And when we started, of course, there were zero listeners and there weren't uh-huh. many listeners thereafter. It was, you know, maybe one or two would occasionally find us. That was about it. You know, there was not a whole lot of listenership going on. And it went like that you were for just quite talk- a few years. You were just talking to yourselves. Well, that and plus I was <laughs> I, I was trying to build it just by creating good content. I've always been a content maker. I thought that was the best way to get an audience. And mm-hmm. so I did a lot of reaching out to, not surprisingly, law of attraction coaches <laughs> to interview them and people who had had uh, particularly successful events going on in their lives or had dealt with difficult circumstances and overcome them. I, I just did all these interviews for a while. In fact, one of the people I interviewed was Joel Elston. And he was like uh, my 11th interview or something like that. Wow. And then a year or two later, um, I well, after doing the interviews for a while, I actually stopped for about a, I don't know four or five month period and then picked it up again with my sister-in-law serving as my co-host. And she worked with me for about a year and a year and a quarter, something like that. And my brother also would sit in sometimes too. 
And then they had to go off and do other things. And that's when I said, you know, I wonder if Joel would be willing to do it. And so Joel became my co-host at that point and stayed with me for quite some time, up until about a year ago, April, at which point he had just brought a a new son into his life. He's um, uh, very much into helping kids who uh, get stuck in the foster care system. Oh, wow. Good for him. Oh, he has done tremendous work with with people, particularly boys who who are, you know, the, the unplaceable ones, right? Who really, really needed the most. And he is, I mean, he's placed, I think, 35, 37 of them himself. He's adopted three of them over his lifetime. Wow. Um, Good and, for and him. And he's, he's, he's given uh, free services away, uh, helping a whole bunch of them. Amazing stories that go along with it. Plus, his own background is just absolutely incredible. Interesting. Um, I mean, he, he was at one point homeless. He was a gambling oh, addict. Oh, wow. He was a gambling addict, homeless, imprisoned for theft. Oh my gosh, that's crazy! And well, you know what? Look at him. What amazing things he's done with his life. Well, he'll be the first one to tell you that was the best thing that ever happened to him because those series of events became the springboard for who he is today, and and those experiences gave him credibility when dealing with some of the hardest court cases among the foster care kids. Because absolutely, you know, they they could say to him, "Well, you don't understand what it's like." He says, "Yes, I do," and he tell a story, and they'd say, "Oh my God, he really does Mm -hmm. understand." Yep. Yep. And it's funny because, uh, you know, they, they talk about how with coaching, you really don't necessarily have to have the background or the experiences. You don't necessarily have to have experienced what your clients are going through, but I'm telling you, it really helps. Oh yeah. All you <laughs> it makes to listen such to him. a difference. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's true because I mean, a lot of the, um, clients that I've had over the years, I've, there's something about having gone through something mm. that you get on such like a deeper level of what it's really like coming from their perspective. It gives you so much empathy for what sure. you're going through. Oh yeah. So, yeah. That's really cool. Empathy and now. credibility. Those are the two biggest components I think of, of that kind of situation. Yeah. When, Cause when you really have the credibility, you can, you can break through with anybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Now there's another thing so, I should mention too. You are also a contributor to the book that we put out this past May. You're one of the people who put in a story for that book. Yeah, and, and, and I, I want to recommend that for those people, a lot of our <laughs> listeners have gotten that book, but for those who haven't gotten it, get yourself a copy. You know the name of it, Your Daily Dose of Happy, Real Success Stories of the Law of Attraction, because we talked about it for months on end here. But Patty's story is in there. Patty's is one of the really, really fun stories. I mean, her story is just like a roller coaster. <laughs> it's wild. It's wild. And I'm telling you, I was reading that the other day. I was rereading some of the stories. And it's just so fascinating what how many people have had law of attraction work in these really incredible ways in their lives. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I guess we shouldn't be too surprised because we do know, well, I know. the law of attraction <laughs> always applies in everything that we do. I know. I, but the interesting part is trying to make turn, trying to identify a particular thread and tell the story of it. That, that's what I've right. noticed. The biggest part is just trying to find the threads because so often, you know, something happens and you say, okay, what did that connect to? I don't know. <laughs> I know there must be a connection in there somewhere in that massive twisted twine of threads, but I can't find it. But every once in a while, you can find the thread. You know where it began. It is, you know where it's where so it interesting. Was. And I know I found, I mean, it works, of course, whether we want it to or not. Right. So I had this thing happen to me like a couple, few weeks ago, where once you have one little thing happen that kind of knocks you off your disc or knocks you out of the mm-hmm. vortex. Yep. And you know, you get that momentum started. It's like, oh my gosh, you start attracting <laughs> all this stuff into your life. Well, I went from, I had a, um, so it definitely did. And thank God now I'm on the upswing. But um, I went through a period of time where my 
uh, I have a roommate I've had for two and a half years who I just love. She's just the sweetest. And it just was sort of time for us to separate and move on. Mm. And so she was moving out and I started getting a little in that, Ooh, I don't know if I feel good about this or not. I'm supporting her, but I don't know. And it started this chain of events. I'm guessing that that was the beginning of it, but Mm. it's so crazy how you have one little negative something that makes you a little sort of doubtful. And if you focus on it, obviously, and think Mm -hmm. about it more, it starts attracting all this stuff. Well, then I found a slow leak in my water heater and mold all over the walls. And I had to bring the, you know, it went from one thing to another, a whole bunch of things happened. But it's funny how, um, you know, you kind of get out the other side and feel that momentum coming up. And it is like, oh, like a breath of fresh air. Mm, Totally breath of fresh air. Yes. That, that's why I'm convinced really probably the best thing that anybody can do is just do a podcast. I mean, I don't care yeah. if you have a listener, just, just do a podcast. You know, you need to get a pick me up, do a podcast, have a conversation it's with somebody and, and record it. You know, it, it, there's something about doing podcasts that is just like a guarantee. Maybe it's because I've been doing it with so many, you know, really positive associations from, you know, all the fun conversations and the jokes and the laughs and the stories and so forth. Maybe that's what it is. It just built up an association over time, but. For me, Absolutely. I love it. I just, I mean, I can't get enough of it. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that was just such a smart idea to bring all those coaches in who are really into it and all different ideas of different perspectives because it just makes the conversation a lot richer. Well, part of that was kind of accidental. I mean, the coaches oh, really? part was deliberate because I knew I would get you know good quality people to talk to who really knew their stuff. It was the different viewpoints part that kind of happened serendipitously because uh, like I said, Joel and I had been doing it up until a year ago, April, and then he had to quit because he was getting ready to adopt his third um, adopted son from you know foster care, and he had just taken a position running a clinic in the Richmond, Virginia area using law of attraction principles, which he just he couldn't let that one go. He had to go do that. Wow! But the clinic didn't work out right. It turned out the guy mm. who organized it was a bit of a micromanager and had his own ideas on how things were supposed to be done and. Within a short period oh, of time, Joel had to basically say, okay, I'm out of here. Bye-bye. But mm-hmm. um, during that time, he had quit. And then David Barkey had come on board, and, and David had become my new co-host. Well, during that same period of time, when, da- when first of all, the transition from Joel to, to David, that kind of knocked me for a loop. But I got through that period. And then David and I started doing, <laughs> not coincidentally, Asking It Is Given. That's when we did the book. <laughs> and uh, actually, we, did, we started with The Secret. Then we did Asking It Is Given. That was last summer. And around that same period, all of a sudden, we started getting this upward swoop of listenership. And by swoop, cool. I mean, um, now I've been using some software to track how, how many people um, download uh, the podcast and how many people listen mm-hmm. and how long they listen and so forth. And that software I installed, um, I want to say, two years ago, well, about a year and a half mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. And... Then I also installed the um, the component that actually does the recording of of who um, you know how many people are listening and all I can track- say is thank God you're the one doing the tech. Yeah. <laughs> I started that in November 2017, and that month I think we had I don't remember the numbers right now something like I don't know 10 or 20 listeners something like that, and in December it was like 89 or something like that, and, and November was a short month we started it like the third week of the month so you couldn't really take that as a measurement but december there was like 89 listeners and january was like 100 it's like okay you know we know what we're what we're really dealing with here it's not really big listenership but by july all of a sudden it started to accelerate and by wow. september october we were getting numbers that for a month matched everything we'd had all time wow and it just kept increasing 
every single it's that month. momentum. The momentum took off, yeah. So that's why in November of 2018, I decided, well, I want to start doing this more often because I was doing it as a weekly. Mm-hmm. I wanted to start doing it regularly because I kept getting this big, you know, push mentally and emotionally by doing it. Yeah. And I knew it was fun. And, and I'd always had, I wanted to have something to do that I really enjoyed. Every time I'd ever had a job in the past, it was because I needed to earn money, not because I had the passion for it. Well, finally, right. I mean, I may not be earning money, but boy, I was really having a passion for this. So I said, okay, I'm going to get some more people. And so I went for coaches as usual and brought on mm-hmm. Wendy and Cindy and Tom. And when they came on, we went from one show per week to 11 shows per week. And that's what we've been doing ever since. Well, when I brought them on, I had no concept of bringing them on because they had different perspectives. Oh, wow. I mean, it occurred to me while I was talking to each of them, interviewing with them, like I did with you last week, it occurred mm-hmm. to me, yes, they all did have different perspectives, but that was never the plan. Interesting. So well, that part happened the by way it was supposed yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. That part was the serendipitous yeah. part. And it's Exactly. Great. Or it was the law of attraction working. Well, yeah. is there a difference? <laughs> not really <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah it's really cool and there is something about talking about it that does put you in a really good space it, it's, I find that. it's very interesting that one topic i mean law of attraction we can pretty much define that in 10 seconds right ask receive believe you know that's or believe receive it, that, that's it okay we're done you know that's law of attraction what do you do no, what do you, what do, you do like, talking about that for no, like hours and hours on end but that's what we do <laughs> <laughs> well, and the thing is, there's so many layers to it. It's, I mean, it sounds like a simple concept, but there are so many layers to it. And there's so many different ways you can apply it. Mm-hmm. So I find that, um, you know, when somebody asks me what law of attraction is, it's like, well, you know, you get what you think about and you get how you feel. And what you believe is that's what you're going to create in your life. But it's the how to even actually make that work in your daily life that I think is some that all of us kind of are um, learning and growing in every single day and applying in different ways. Absolutely. Uh, That's one of the reasons I have a um, a meetup that I run once a month on uh, law of attraction. And it's just so cool listening to, we listen to, you know, one of the uh, video audios and just even one little bit you can take and talk about for 20 minutes. Oh yeah. Because everybody's got experiences on, well, I tried this and I tried this and it didn't work this way and it worked that way. And how do you try that? How do you approach this way? And it just, it can go on and on and on. And it's amazing to see how many people want to learn how to do it better, but are, um, you know, especially when you're in the, in the infancy of it, when you're in the very beginning, Mm -hmm. you're just doing what you know how to do. Right. And it takes a long time to really get to the point where you, have some momentum on how to do it in a way that you can effectively apply it. But even then it's like, you're constantly going back into that place of contrast, which is what we're supposed to do to be able to expand and clarify. Anyhow, Wendy Dillard, uh, anyone who's been listening knows that Wendy Dillard and I can take uh, a section of a book, read the title of the subtopic, get no further than that and do an entire podcast on it. Isn't that wild? (laughs) It's wild. I know. It's really cool. There, there have been times actually where we have scheduled to do you know, the next section of, of a book that we're working on, and I'll plug it in as the title, and then we'll start off with what we call wins. I didn't really define that with you, but generally we start off with, you'll hear things that are going well in our lives, so we can share those mm. just to kind of set the mood. We, we've had times where the wins took the entire hour. Wow. 
That's cool. We didn't even it get to the, the book. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, you guys have such a flow. I mean, you've been doing this together for a while, huh? Mm, yeah, we've done. I, she counts them up. I, I think it's like 150 episodes or something like that. Wow. I've done with her because she was doing all of the afternoon podcasts since last November, and only in the last couple of weeks she realized she needed to take a step back. It was just more than she could really do. So she's yeah, now doing the yeah. Tuesday and Thursday podcast. But yeah, we've done a lot of them. I've done more with her than with any other co-host. That's and, so cool. Yeah, so you get to know somebody yeah. when you do that, too. You really get to know them well. Oh, absolutely. You yeah. absolutely do. I mean, how many people do you sit and talk with for that long in, in a concentrated way? It's pretty rare. Outside of the podcast? Yeah. None? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, that's not I mean, true. That's not true. Our friends Anne-Marie and Mike, when we meet with them, um, we actually just met them last December uh, around the same time. And uh, they're very much into Law of Attraction. They're also contributors to the book. And when... Louise and I and the two of them get together for a dinner or something like that. We inevitably close a restaurant. That's so cool. I love stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not too many friends that you can do that with. And when you've all four got that, got that thing oh, going yeah. on. Yeah. It just really, really cool. They're, they're, I mean, last time we didn't actually close the restaurant just because I was saying, you know what? I really feel embarrassed closing a restaurant. Let's leave before we close the restaurant and we can talk someplace <laughs> else. Because <laughs> so the staff is sitting around saying, I really want to go home. <laughs> uh, exactly. They're like, oh my God, here they come again. Okay, it's how, those guys. How can we urge these guys very nicely to say, come back later? <laughs> <laughs> It's cool. And it's uh, also cool. I mean, one of the things I've loved too with the whole law of attraction thing is just introducing it to my kids and watching how they use them in their mm. lives. Um, well, I think one of my daughters kind of uses it a little bit more than the other. Mm -hmm. And they don't, and it's funny because my younger daughter, um, Jenny is like, well, I really don't li like listening to it, but she just uses it mm. in her life uh, in such a, a freakishly effective way i mean it's just crazy and it's funny how when you reach for something you're passionate about and don't put doubt into it and just feel confident and just keep taking the steps forward how much opens up mm. yeah, she true. just moved to um she went to university of pittsburgh and graduated about uh i guess a year ago mm -hmm. and moved, moved to san francisco oh, and wow had been a business major and, but she's always had a love of doing video and photography, which kind of runs my family. Mm. And she started this video production company and is actually, I think making more money than I'm making already <laughs> Good for in her. less than a year. Good and the thing that's exciting about it is how passionate she is. Yeah. And I think that's what attracts people. When you get really excited about something, that's what draws people to you, regardless it's, of what the topic is. It certainly drew me to the whole concept of the law of attraction. Because mm -hmm. I, like I think I mentioned earlier, every career move I had made throughout my life was made for financial reasons, not for reasons of passion, not because I really enjoyed it. So most of my career revolves around computers, and I'm good at them. I'm very good mm -hmm. at them, but mm -hmm. they aren't my passion. They aren't something that I, oh, God, I, I can hardly wait until I go program something new for the computer or, or try some new product. <laughs> exactly. I'm just not, I'm really not that kind You're of like, person. You're like, computer time. No, it's not that at all. I'm just like, oh, God, do I have to try another product? Please, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> oh, do, do I have to learn another programming language? I can barely handle the one I've got. That, you know, it, I just did not ever have that real passion. So when yeah. law of attraction comes along, and there's they're they're not saying it deliberately and directly, but they're inferring you you go with what you love. 
I'm saying, well, shoot, I just missed the boat for most of my life. What am I going to do now? <laughs> so did you, so what happened? Did you make a big change at that point? Well, there's been, yeah, the changes have kind of happened anyway. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know that I can say that I've gotten to the point yet where I am successfully earning money doing what I love. Mm -hmm. I am liking better what I am doing where I'm basically, I'm supporting Louise's gardening business. That's the main thing. And it's a very mm -hmm. good sized gardening business. Um, but uh, I mean, it's not just, you know, one or two people. We've got I right, know, right. 12, it's 13 like employees, a something like big that. Team. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's a good so size cool. operation, which is fun. It's good. Um, still so not obviously what I love, there was a little bit of momentum behind that business. There is. Oh, there's there's quite a bit there. That, that's yeah. for sure. It's still not what I really love doing, but I like it better than what I used to do. I used to be a, a web designer and an online marketer and all that kind of stuff, which was okay, but it just... But you've got a big personality for that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, that to me seems like you would have to be kind of almost squashing your personality to fit into that mold. You kind of, you have to. Yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah. That well, plus the other thing that crushes you is when you have competitors from India and Pakistan who are willing to work for one tenth of what you earn. <laughs> it just kind wow. of knocks you out of business pretty quick. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's a I see that as a law of attraction well, thing. I but see maybe that... that happened. Exactly. Maybe that happened for a reason. Maybe oh, I think so. I think it, it was kind of like push me out. Like, you know, okay, you've done enough there. Move on, move on. You know, you, you got to move on to the thing that that's really important to you. And so mm -hmm. now I'm at the point where this podcast, I'm really hoping continues to take off even more than it already has so that we can be earning money off it. Cause then I will really yeah. have reached the goal. I'll have reached, that would be really you know, cool. I'll have attracted the thing I really want. It's something that I love doing that I'm actually earning a living from. Yeah. So now if people ever wanted to call in, how would they do that? It's real simple. Is it, pretty, is it obvious? Yeah. Uh, actually, all the things that we ask people to do are right on the homepage of the website. So we can just do the, the promo right now. Um, most of our listeners are subscribers because that's how we know how many listeners we have that we can tell from the exactly. subscriptions. You know, we can tell how often they're downloading and so forth. And they download an awful lot, which is great. But of cool. course, like anything else, we get people checking us out for the first time. So there could be somebody who's listening to us in addition to you being here for the first time for your first podcast, all kind of mixed in together there. If somebody is listening who wants to uh, hear more of this kind of stuff and realize, hey, I'm onto something pretty good here, well, you can get it for free. You just go to the homepage of our website, loatoday.net, and the instructions for how to subscribe are right there just below the player that you see at the top of the page. By the way, that's the same player you can listen to if you want to listen to us live when we're doing the recordings. Um, and mm. the schedule is right down below toward the bottom of the page of when we do the recordings. So you know, feel free to, to tune in then. And if you are tuning in and you want to talk to us, well, the instructions on how to talk to us are right below the instructions for how you subscribe. So it's all right there. It's all packed into the same place. Cool. Yeah. So would they need to subscribe in order to be able to call in? Nope. You don't have to subscribe. We hope you do because that yeah. way you get everything coming to your, your smartphone or your tablet mm -hmm. or whatever. But uh, mm -hmm. no, you don't have to subscribe. Um, all you really have to do is, well, there are two ways to connect in. You can connect in by calling a phone number and then punching in a code. And that's described there on the on the home page or you can click a link and download the software that we use we use the zoom platform which is basically it's, it's a conference call platform like a video conference platform but we don't use the video portion we just use it for audio and you connect mm -hmm. in there and we see you pop up in the uh, list of participants and oh we got somebody calling in which doesn't happen yeah. a lot but it, it has happened a number of occasions i would say probably a dozen times over the last six months or so so you that's know, it's, so cool it's great when it so happens do you 
if someone does call in, do you ever do any, a little bit of, uh, the coaches ever do a little coaching with them on law of attraction stuff, or is it more kind of sharing experiences or it varies. what sort of things people? It mm-hmm. varies. I mean, everybody is calling it for a different reason. We did have one who called in that I can think of, uh, who was looking for some coaching. This was actually a client of David's who, ah. who called in last October. I think it was because she was living down in your neck of the woods, down in Southern Cal and wanted to move up to Northern Cal and mm-hmm. wanted to attract their ideal home up there um, and basically put the vibes out before they, they drove up and, and uh, I guess lived with, I think it was her father-in-law or something like that. Um, but anyway, they, they wanted to you know get the motion going. So she mm-hmm. called in and we're, David and I are both giving her ideas, getting her psyched up and so forth. And then she and her husband moved north and they ended up finding that home, that ideal home within two months after the podcast. And oh, we ended cool. up inviting them to be part of the book. So her story is actually in the book. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. She's the, yeah, funny, she's the only listener who is not a coach who is in the book. So she has interesting. A, a unique, uh, well, besides my wife and I, because we're not coaches, but yeah. But she had cool stories to tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would fit in with that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's just something about also listening to someone coach someone through something. First of all, just hearing the different ways that different coaches coach. And then just hearing sort of that. I love listening to that, hearing the process of how they start with a struggle or a challenge, uh, get clear a little bit more on what it is they're looking for, mm-hmm. and then really um, focus those feelings in and just the way that people do that is just so interesting to hear. Oh yeah. It's so fun. I would love it sometime if we had some people call in. And sure. Just, oh yeah. We, we, we always like to have people call in just for whatever reason, it doesn't matter what, mm-hmm. whether you want coaching or just to share a story or whatever. I mean, um, mm-hmm. I've actually been very, very uh, privileged to meet a couple of our listeners because they live here um, in Northern Connecticut where I live. Um, Lucy wow. is one who comes to my mind. We met Lucy and her, and her boyfriend and her daughter, um, I guess it was in January, something like that. February. I can't remember exactly when it was. Did but you guys she, plan to meet or did you just kind of run into each other? Um, well, she had contacted me because she realized that we lived in the same area and she'd been listening to the podcast for a while. And so it was just like, oh, great. I got a listener who I can actually talk to. That's that's, that's cool. so cool. So we just yeah. arranged to have a meeting and, and my wife and I met the two of them. And uh, we we went to a I think it was a Panera Bread and just we just sat there and just chewed the fat for the longest time. It was great. That's so neat. Yeah, yeah. It's always funny too when you see how a virtual or or audio relationship turns into a face to face relationship. Yeah. Well, it also helps reinforce for me just how real our listeners are. I mean, they are real interesting people. I mean, because we've had yeah. a chance to talk to quite a few of them, having fascinating lives. I mean, Lucy is doing some amazing things. She, she, among other things, she's working on a program that she's been developing to help parents learn how to basically take the reins off of their own kids so their kids can be good attractors. I mean, what a cool thing. That is really cool. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about being able to um, have kids do that from an early age mm. mm-hmm. that I, I would think would be just so powerful. It completely changes the way their life ends up Yep. and the way they live it throughout their lives yeah i agree yeah um in fact i was talking yesterday with david on the sunday night podcast um part of the uh the topic we were dealing with was a a uh, part of the book the astonishing power of emotions which we've been working through oh yeah and they were talking about kids and about uh i I think the topic was something like you know parents were having trouble with their kids or something along that line Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i ended up talking quite a bit 
about an alternative school that I helped to found that's all about letting oh. kids basically run their own school, run their own day, run their own education. And that, that to me is a fascinating so topic. Abraham. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> I was shocked to find out, Wendy pointed this out to me a, a few weeks ago, that Abraham knows about this model. It's called the Sudbury model. Abraham knows about it and endorses it. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. Wow. I mean, there, there are not that many people in the world who even know what Sudbury is, and Abraham knows about it? Wow. <laughs> that is so crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, really it something. makes sense because it sounds like when I've heard um, Abraham talk about uh, sort of give different answers to people who were in the hot seat when they mm -hmm. were in the workshops mm -hmm. um, about kids and raising kids, it seems like that's really what they promote is just allowing kids to be themselves. Exactly. Yeah. And supporting with whatever they want. And it's so fun to watch a kid when they have that that degree of freedom. Oh, I mean, yeah. It really is fun. I mean, they're just. The things that kids think of to try, you know, the, the way that I know, they, they, so they run creative. their game and so forth. Oh, my goodness. It's yeah. just mind-blowing. And they don't have the same, you know, limits that we have in our brains right? by this age, yeah. you know. I mean, now we've sort of had it molded or society or whatever has molded it out of us to a certain extent. So it limits us sometimes until we can be a little more open. But well, kids it, are that huge open space of whatever. See, it gives us a reason to go to a therapist. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Got to root all that stuff so we, out, right? <laughs> so we can go back to our childlike uh, right. openness and curiosity. That's it. It's exactly. True. <laughs> it's true. In fact, it's really funny. That's one of the things that one of the tools that I use every now and then with somebody who's having a hard time really figuring out what do they want and what do they like. And it's like, go back to when you were a kid and think about what was exciting and fun for you. Mm. And it's like, that's the real you, you know? There, there was a time early on with my exploration of this law of attraction thing where I recognized the importance of learning to tell my own story in the way that I want it to be rather than the way that it is, which of course yeah. is what we, we usually do. And I struggled with that for the longest time. I had a hard time even allowing myself to try to change the story away from what is because, well, that's what is. <laughs> you, you, you don't do right. that, right? Well, so it took me some time to learn to do that. One of the best ways I learned to kind of let go, to, to give myself permission to, you know, try telling it the way I want it to be, even though that's not the way it is just yet, mm -hmm. is I would put myself into the mind of myself as a four-year-old. Because as a four-year-old, yeah, I yeah. had all kinds of experience practicing just imagination, just make it up and pretend and play. And Absolutely. When, I, when I framed it that way, it's almost like it gave myself permission. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like now and it it's okay. almost sort of puts you outside yourself looking at that four year old. A little bit, yeah. A little bit. A little bit a little bit of distance from it. Yeah. That's so interesting. Huh? Yeah. But so did you were you able to rewrite it in your head? I'm getting better at it. I can't say I'm as good at it as I would like to be, which is interesting because I'm actually a pretty good writer. But for some reason I still have some resistances in place that I yeah. I'll, I'll I'll just have mental blocks when it comes to trying to write the story I wanted to the way I want it to be. But I am a lot better at it than I used to be. Yeah. I almost talk about it like it's the grooves of a record and it keeps wanting to go back into those grooves. You know, mm. it's like when you're little and that story's created in those grooves, mm -hmm. it's like you can get it out of the groove, but it's going to want to go back into the groove. And it's yep. this sort of push pull thing. And I'm trying to do it without scratching the record. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, just go ahead and scratch. Oh, just scratch it anyway. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting. Oh, it's fun. funny how, how our families can form us as we grow. Huh? Well, 
that's the other thing I've been learning. Yeah, the families do and the teachers do and the administrators and the society and so forth, but we're actually the ones who do it. We give permission. We allow it. We allow it. We yeah. say, yep, I give in. You're the authority. I'm going to go your way because I'm the little person and you're the big person. You know so much better than I do, so I'm going to give my or, power. Or we don't. Or we don't. And we end up being those kids that end up in the system because oh, yeah. they were like, there is no way I'm doing it your way. I'm doing right. it my way. Exactly. Yeah. I, I have a friend, good friend, who I, I went to high school with, who I lost touch with a few years after high school. And then we reconnected in Virginia. Louise and I lived in Virginia for 11 years. Um, before coming back to oh. Connecticut. And while I was in Virginia, beautiful in Northern there. Virginia, it is beautiful. Um, I learned from my sister that my friend Gary had was living an hour away from us. And we were just, we were blown away. Like, Gary, oh, wow. Um, I hadn't seen Gary in, God, 30, 40 years, something like that. It had been a wow. long time since I'd seen him. And in fact, when we got together, you know, we, we, we arranged a place to meet near where he lived. And I didn't recognize him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I didn't so recognize I had to really look and say, Oh, yeah, there. Now I see Gary. <laughs> but we got together and we're, you know, we're reconnecting and we're sharing stories and talking about what's been going on in our lives and so forth. And I remember asking him about his last year at the high school, because at that high school, that last year, actually the last couple of years, I almost never saw him. Now, the way I knew him was I was a musician. He was a musician. We took uh, guitar lessons from the same guitar teacher and our teacher had hooked us up together so we could have somebody to play with and he actually mm -hmm. had a number of people to play with I didn't have that many but he had a lot of, of uh, musical associates well he had decided he was going to drop out of high school and just become a musician and wow. the high school principal I think it was or I, I, I can't remember exactly who it was but they convinced him to stay if he, and, and the agreement was he would agree to, to come to the school every day but he could do whatever he wanted in the music department he didn't have to oh, take wow. any classes or anything. And if he did that, they would let him graduate. So he said, okay, wow. he'll do that. So he hung out in the, in the music department all the time. And he had his guitar there and he was you know, inventing songs and he was playing you know, music of other artists and so forth. And he was just developing a skill, developing a skill, developing a skill. I didn't know he was doing that. That's amazing that they were that open-minded that they allowed him to do that. I think it was at one of those times where there was a, a large dropout rate and they were trying to stem it. So they were willing to try anything. You know, yeah. <laughs> He just kind of hit it at the right time. And they were just willing to go along with it. So that's uh, so cool. Yeah. Did you guys experience that thing where you're close to somebody and you really know them and you haven't seen them for a million years and you get back together and it feels like you were just together five minutes ago? In some ways, yeah. Once we had had that first full meeting where we're catching up on everything, it started to feel like Gary again. Mm -hmm. And he, mm -hmm. I think he felt kind of the same way about me. But it wasn't instantaneous at all. It was. Okay. It took some time because. I mean, we we were very different from the way we were as kids. I mean, we're just not the same at all, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, like he told me, the only way that he knew it was me because I'm very tall. I'm six foot eight inches tall. So he says well, it's not, it's not hard to figure wow. out which one is you. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but he had he had to agree. If he saw my face only, he would have had trouble figuring out it was me too. You know, we Isn't that we wild? both had because it had been so long since we've seen each other. Yeah, you know. I've got a friend that I hadn't seen for like, oh gosh, 20 years or something like that. And we got together again and it was literally like no time had passed. Oh, nice. There's just something about that. She's, she lives Becky still. Her name's Katie. We call each other our soul sisters now. Oh, that's sweet. That's it's, great. Yeah, it is. It's a really cool feeling. Well, this has been good. The only sad part is that we're near the end of the hour, but I got to tell you, I'm we're looking there. forward to Yeah, we're there. But I, I'm looking forward to talking with you next Monday and every Monday because this is Me great. too. Yeah. 
Before really we go, cool. um, for somebody who – I always like to do this. For somebody who might be interested in talking to you about your coaching services, how do they reach you? Um, probably at this point, the best point, since I'm working on a new website, the best point uh, way to get in touch with me is through email, which is patty at pattyframocoaching.com, and it's P-A-T-T-Y-F-R-A-M-O. Oh, that's probably the best way. Very good. All right. Well, Patty Framo, thanks for joining the team, first of all. And I look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks so much. Good to talk to you too, Walt. And we'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.